podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, Dolphin fans. Yes, that's right. We're back with yet another season of previews and reviews of your Miami Dolphins. Each week, we will discuss the upcoming game, analyzing the opponent, and then follow every game with a review show with all the highs and lows of the game. This season looks to be one of the most exciting seasons we have had in a good while, and we are really, truly excited to be there every step of the way. So please look for us and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Please feel free to leave comments after each show, as we truly appreciate any feedback. Now let's kick off this week's show. And it's another FinFans podcast. Uh, with me tonight, I've got Matt Mariani. Hello, FinFans. And Jim Johnson makes a return. That's it. Oh, 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 oh. I got Lou's attention now, right? Yeah, and obviously Louis Rigonia is here too. Hey, Dolphins. It's a bye week. Chris Rigoni was supposed to be here, but he bailed on us. Had to work. Yeah, I had some lame excuse about I work. I know, yeah. it's terrible. We're going to do a roundtable tonight, and uh, my first question to you guys is an easy layup one. I just want to get your voices working, you know. What's the most exciting game you've ever seen? And, and Matt, we'll go in the order of the uh, cast view here, so you go first. Most exciting game I've seen, for any reason whatsoever. Dolphin yeah, Dolphin, Dolphin game. Whatever, whatever reason you want to make. All right. Exciting uh, to you. Um. Last year, when me and my wife celebrated our 10th anniversary, actually it was uh, two years ago, um, uh-huh. in 2021, we went down to Miami. I'm from New York, and uh, it was the primetime Thursday night game against the Ravens, and it, it was my first time in the stadium. It, the controversy surrounding to his finger and Brian Flores and whether or not he was benched or not, it was a terrible first half. We had an incredible second half comeback in person to a led the comeback. It was a great game. I it, it was a fantastic game for me to be at. It, the, the energy was electric. It, it was everything I could have asked for traveling. However, well, 12 people in a stadium, huh? 12. <laughs> no, that was, it was my, packed. Believe, wasn't it? Yeah, it's Thursday yeah, night. Well, it was a Thursday night primetime oh, game. Okay. Yeah, it was. Okay. Wasn't that the game that um, they just annihilated Lamar Jackson? Yeah, just, the defense was they, incredible they all night. Yeah, they blew him up that night. The yeah, zero blitz, blitz was on yes. fire that night. Yes, they played almost a damn near perfect game defensively that night as well. They they were they were good. I remember that. Game so there was a lot. It it had uh, sentimental meaning to me as well. Gotcha. Yeah, so. Sure, absolutely. We like a good love story. <laughs> there you go. Jim, uh, what about you? I have to say, handing uh, those vaunted Bears uh, their only loss that season has to be a highlight game for me. I mean, just going in there and doing that on a Monday night and whole country watching, right? Yeah, I mean, it was just perfect. And just taking their lunch money and just seeing that frustration on Buddy Ryan and everybody else's faces was was fantastic. So that that is still the number one rated NFL Monday night game. Is that right? Yep. Wow. As far as uh, viewers. Yeah, that's... And I don't know if they'll ever beat it with the way the uh, NFL plays now, you know, because you have the Monday games, the Thursday games. It's not quite like it was then. Nope, that's for sure. Mm, Lewis? That is a good one. 
Jim, that's that's right up there at the top for me as well because there was so much drama behind it. You had Larry Zonka and a lot of the 72 Dolphins on the sideline, and they preserved, you know, us being yep. the, only, the only undefeated team. So there was a lot of drama. It was a Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of excitement. So that's that's up there. I mean, I was physically at that game. Me and Mike were both at that game yep. sitting next to each other. So that adds to it. But um, above and beyond that, um, I would say the Jet championship game. And yeah. we were at a few championship yeah. games, too. Yeah, we, we were at the Pittsburgh one where yeah. Marino just threw all over him. We scored, like, I think 38 or 40 points on Pittsburgh's defense, and we went to the Super Bowl. But the championship game against the Jets in the rain where it was just, you know, A.J. Dewey's day, three interceptions. I mean, it was a defensive battle. It was pouring the whole day. We were on there, um, you know, ponchos. Rain, <laughs> rain ponchos the whole day. I mean, it, we, we had like 10 people with us. I mean, it, the, the whole experience. And then after the game, of course, you know, we beat the Jets, who, of course, we, we hate more than just about anybody in the NFL. Um, so that added to it. And the fact that we were going to the Super Bowl after years of not being there was just a, f- a phenomenal feeling. No, it had been a whole decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. And the streets were just, it, uh, people were just insane. It was just, you know, the whole experience was just incredible. So that, uh, I believe, well, in my opinion, it wasn't the greatest game that the Dolphins have played or that I have been to, but it, all those other factors, you know, obviously are, you know, Pull that to to the top for me. That those was are the two. One those game. are two great choices. I mean, yeah. you know, I was at both of them. I was also at the Charger game in '81. You know, and that that to me was the most exciting game, simply because of the back and forth of it and the playoff stakes and all that. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't you don't go wrong with any of those games. So the Charger one is number one for me. It for is. you, Mike. Yeah, yeah and and then closely the Bears, very closely. All right. So you're. Uh, among us, you're the only one that picked a game that we lost. Yes. Yes. We said most exciting game. We didn't yep. say most exciting outcome. <laughs> right. I was just, you know, bringing that up. Yep. To me, that was the most exciting game that I've seen. It was. You know? It was. It was. It was incredible. It really was. Another one for me. So I know this is a sloppy second type of thing, but when whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. when uh, Marino came back from injury and they had that before. They had that shootout in '94. That was that oh, was yeah. yeah. That was that was a spectacular game to watch. I mean, there was no defense, but man, them guys were slinging it for sure. Yeah, that that was games like that didn't game. happen in '94 no either. Yep. Like they do today. Nope. Nope. <laughs> man, I was at that one too. Yes, I was. <laughs> All right. Next question. Sure. Jim, you go first this time. The Miami Dolphins rank 17 of 32 in third down conversions with a 39.58%. Last game, they were 25%. The last three games, they were 32.4%. Why do you think we've regressed? Uh, Why do I think we've regressed? Well, a lot of it's got to do with the defenses know what our tendencies are. So, you know, they're, you know, defenses are going to adjust to what, what, any team does on offense because of all the statistics. So 
you know, play calling gets into it a little bit, but I feel most of it would be specifically teams adjusting to what we're normally doing. Okay. Uh, Lewis? There's a few factors, I think. Um, first and foremost is we're getting the third down, right? <laughs> well, early in the season, you weren't seeing third downs. Right. We were, yeah, we were it's going, very true. They were getting yeah. 10 yards on second down. We yeah. were going up and down the field on first down or second down, and we were converting. We weren't even getting the third down. Um, I think penalties uh, quite a bit have put us in a position where we're first and 15, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, that, that's the first issue is the penalties. And, you know, defenses are kind of sitting on us a little bit. I think the fact that the injuries – they have played a big part as well. The offense, the key offensive linemen being out, the timing not being quite right. Um, the loss of A-chan definitely hurts as well because, again, you know, we're getting the third down situations. And even though Mozart has been really, really good, you know, with A-chan and him both back there, it, it's, it's a whole different element on our offense. Now, uh, the injuries to obviously Armstead and to – and the Connor Williams have been a you know a big a big hurt to us as well. So those factors, um, more 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 than anything else, I think are the reasons that we just haven't been nearly as efficient on third down. Lewis took my answer. We're in the beginning of the year. We were dominating on first and second down. We weren't even seeing any third downs. As the year has progressed, those outside uh, runs that Mostert and Achan were flying teams were taking that away so instead of having third and one we've been in third and 17 third and 15 when you combine the bad runs with the penalties and it took until the second half of the kansas city game for mcdaniel to figure out maybe i could start running up the middle it was it, yeah i know i was all aggravated it was the first too. time we've seen yeah. it all year and it started to work it turned around the offense they started moving the ball a lot better than they did against uh, in the first half against Kansas City and against uh, Philadelphia and against Buffalo. So we might see a little bit more of that in the second half of this season because it seems like defenses are really uh, playing us wide in the run game, which is smart. So we're going to have to adjust. Okay. We'll get the HN back, and, and I wonder if that'll uh, help the outside run. I think defenses as Matt said, are sitting on that. Sure. And, and the fact that they were running a lot to the right, which surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, I know. Um, you saw a lot of pitch rights, you know, behind yeah. Austin Jackson, who's graded out as, you know, our worst lineman week in and week out. How many times, so, and, how many times did they get blown up for a five-year Exactly. Yeah. And the fact that Hunt was out on top of that just, to me, didn't make a lot of sense. You know, when they started running left, and running behind Armstead and running into the middle. And Mike, me and you were talking about it during the game. I'm like, yep. they've got to start running the ball through the, in, into the middle of this defense and see what develops. And lo and behold, they did. They started doing it, and it was very extremely successful. And they probably should have went to the well one more time in that Kansas City game once they got down there. You know, until they stop you, just keep running it. You there know? you go. Got us there, and then we threw four straight passes, and uh, game over. So, anyway, all right, Mike, what you got next there, Cowboy? We're at the halfway point. And with that said, I'm going to ask you to grade the following people. And the first one is Mike McDaniel. Lewis, you're up. Uh, Mike McDaniel. Uh, 
man, you had to give them almost an A plus right through the first, you know, four or five games. Um, you know, the last few, I mean, you know, the Kansas City game, you know, we go into the half with zero points. Um, you know, he's pretty much responsible for the offense and the play calling. Um, you know, the Philadelphia game, I was a little bit concerned with the fact that, you know, when we talked about this, that they had packages on the field that were playing into the Eagles' hands. So I, I think that there has been some mistakes made on the offensive side of the football, especially with the injuries across the offensive line, because obviously these guys, you know, they're grading out much better. Uh, pass blocking and, you know, to throw a fullback on the field and have two, two receiver sets against a team like the Eagles defense just didn't make sense to me early on. And, you know, lo and behold, it took us a while to get going. So with that being said, you know, I'd probably give him a B plus, um, you know, down from probably an A plus or a straight A. Um, but I think he's still done an extremely good job overall. Uh, you've seen a lot of wrinkles in the offense this year. And, um, you know, let's hope going forward that there's a bunch more because, you know, it's, cr it's crunch time now, guys. I mean, this is, you know, the time of year where, you know, you're, you're going to have to step it up a notch. And, um, you know, the play calling has to be precise. Um, you know, when you look at that series, right, um, in the Kansas City game at the end of the game, um, you know, I felt that Tua dropping back, you know, in a five-step drop on first down, you know, was kind of a mistake. You know, I think they should have either ran the ball or just had a quick hitter in the flat to get four or five yards to keep Kansas City on their heels. You know, instead we went to a second and 10. So, you know, I, I think there's been mistakes made. I think that when it's crunch time like that, you have to have play calls in your back pocket that just you know, blows the doors off a of defense, something like that they really haven't seen as of yet, something that's going to get you in, into the end zone and tie that game up. So B-plus for him. All right. What we're going to do is we're going to take a step back for just a couple minutes, and we'll be right back. All right. So he's Mike McDaniel. He runs the offense, and our offense is currently first in just about every single category you can possibly be in by a good margin. In total yards, we're first with 3,918 yards. We're 600 yards ahead of the Eagles. In points, we're first with 285 points. We're 30 points ahead of the Eagles. Uh, they have the second best offense pretty much across the board right below us, and we got about a whole game stats ahead of them, uh, even though we've played the same amount of games. I, I got to go with Lewis, though, a B plus. As great as the offense has been, there's one small thing that we can't seem to get over the hump against these good teams. And I think a lot of it is these gadgets that make our offense the motion, the tricks, the window dressing. It's harder to pull off on the road. And he hasn't had an answer for these better defenses on the road. Uh, the communication's not as good, and we really, really need to improve in that area. Um, so yeah, until he gets a handle on these road games and having that crisp offense on the road, I got to give him a B plus Jim. So you guys have covered 90% of what I would have discussed and I'm in agreement with both of you. But like you said, Matt, we're leading 
you know, all of the NFL in most offensive categories. So that's that's just fantastic. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen that from a Dolphins team in I don't know how long since Marino days. And it's probably 1984. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since we beat the Bears, I guess. But, uh, you know, like you guys have said, I mean, this guy in those early, those first halves of those three games that we've lost, he looks baffled over there on the sidelines and he's looking at his, his sheet there. And he's like, all I can think of is he's saying to himself, well, this should work. Why doesn't it work? He's like baffled. So, I mean, you can't wait that long. If something doesn't work three or four times, just throw it away, do something different, you know? Uh, And he's been awfully painfully slow to make a change in, in his scheme or, or plan in the first half. And, for that reason, you know, I'm going to I'm going to give him an A minus. It's barely an A, you know, it's a 90, but it's you know, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of great things, but man, until we win one of these games against a a playoff caliber team, he's still not getting it done. So Yeah, I I think they've been a little conservative early on in games when I feel that they got to come out and and throw a punch at the other team. The Eagle, you know, the Eagle game Kansas City, I mean, just come out and just, you know, go full throttle like you yeah. did earlier in the season. I think they've become a little little bit conservative early in games, and it's shown, you know, that they, they get off to slow starts for whatever reason. So and I don't know the I don't know the thought process behind as to why that's happening, because they have the firepower. And I think that they just should come out and just throw it at teams, you know, especially with the fact that the defense is starting to play a little bit better week in and week out. I mean, they've been pretty damn solid over the last few weeks. So, you know, I, I think they've got to come out a little bit more aggressive at the start of games. And that the fact that Cedric Wilson is starting to get involved and make some plays, you know, you've got a third guy there. You have Barrios. You got Craig Craft coming back. I mean, come out and just, you know, be aggressive on offense going forward here in the, you know, in the second half of the season. And, uh, you know, don't pussyfoot around, you know, pedal to the metal right out of the gate. That's what we were doing early in the season. The next guy is mm-hmm. uh, somebody you all know well. It's Tua. A++. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. But all right. So going into the season, what did we want from him? We wanted him to stay healthy and we wanted him to be consistent. I think for the most part, we can definitely say he's staying healthy. He's been mostly consistent. Would we like to see a little bit more from him in that Philadelphia and Kansas City game? Absolutely. I don't think he played a all that. A little bit more? Damn it. I, I don't, I don't think want he, a lot more. <laughs> no, listen. I don't think he played all that terrible in the Kansas City he game. Didn't. He didn't. Or the Philadelphia game. He had, he had a bad turnover in the Philadelphia game. That one interception <laughs> was bad. Sorry. Yeah. No. All right. I'm, I'm going to spare my feelings on those last few plays. The, the third down falls on Tua. He made the wrong read. The third down falls on Tua. The fourth down was a it was a fumble. You can put it on Connor. You can put it on Tua. You can put it on whoever you want. But those are just two plays. He matched Mahomes in stats in what was a road game with a playoff atmosphere. Uh, he went. The offenses went fourteen to fourteen. Both defenses were hot. I don't think he played all that terrible in the Kansas City game. I might be in the minority on that. I might be looking through rose-colored glasses. But my overall grade for him. I'm I'm going to give him an A. I this is he's played 9 games. He had he's hasn't been slow to get up after any hits. He's getting rid of the ball. You can all right. 
we don't really know how great this offensive line is playing. They got great stats, but I mostly attribute that to Tua getting rid of the ball fast. He's protecting himself. He's protecting himself. So we don't know how well these guys are actually playing. So, I mean, we're putting up all these offensive well, it's, a, it's a combination. Yeah, man. it is. It's it both. Is. He's, yep. he's throwing the fastest right. in the league, which he deserves credit yep. for. And it's tougher on him because he's got to read things quicker. So, and... You know, they are holding him out. I mean, you know, you can you can get hit in 2.3 seconds, yep. and he hasn't been that yep. much. So, well, guys, keep, keep this in mind real quick, that Marino had the fastest delivery in football, too, and he had a phenomenal offensive line in front of him. I mean, he had Pro Bowl players, you know, Dwight Stevenson, a Hall of Famer. Yep. So, I mean, the quick release, you know, I don't, it, it's just to There's his nature. There's a difference nature. between having yeah. a quick release, Lou. That's how quick you throw it from the time you decide to and, and actually get rid of the ball. Right. And, and Tua, it, you know, is it is release time, but it's it, what we're talking about there is how long he's actually holding the ball. And he's only holding the ball 2.3 seconds. Right. From start to finish. Yeah. But Marino did something extremely similar. You know, is what I'm saying. Um, you know, they they did not even come close. I mean, how many games did he go without anybody even touching him? So that's to his nature. You know, um, that's that's he he just gets the ball and he just gets it to a spot. It's all timing. But go ahead, Matt. Finish so, up. Yeah, I, I was basically done. I, I'm I'm going to give him an A. He he's gone out and done what we've wanted him to do this year. He does he still have another step to take? Absolutely. He's not in the a group of elite quarterbacks yet. But he's taken a step to being a franchise quarterback that I think we've all wanted to see. So I'm going to give him an A for the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. I got to give Tua some props because whatever he did with his jujitsu or his training, he looks much stronger than last year. Uh, when he's taken hits, he doesn't look like a rag doll going down like he has in the past. So, uh, you know, that's that's great to see. He has remained healthy. Uh, he's put up a whole ton of statistics, and that's phenomenal. He's passing all of the, you know, weekly tests uh, with A's. And then when it comes to the finals, he's struggling a little bit. You know, we've seen him in a few games, uh, you know, Baltimore last year, Arizona a couple of years ago. We've seen him basically refuse to lose a game a few times. And this year... You know, Buffalo, we got overwhelmed. The Eagles game, we were competitive, but it got away. And this Kansas City game, uh, you know, overall, I thought on defense, we played fantastic. But uh, there was there was a lot of plays missed and could have been better in Kansas City. We won't even talk about the end of the series, but I'm going to give... I'm going to give Tua an A minus again. He he's a, he's getting that number ninety again, same as McDaniel because he's putting a lot of good stuff out there. But you got to get over the hump if we're going to get where, to the to the championship that we're all after. He's playing at an extremely high level. The thing that bothers me are the interceptions in the in the losses you know and they were key interceptions they were mm-hmm. in, interceptions when we were in games and they came at at bad times you know the second yeah. half of that um you know that buffalo game i mean we were going tit for tat with them and you know then we have you know a bad throw it was just a bad throw other than that you know he's got seven interceptions 19 touchdowns on the season i mean he's at a phenomenal pace i mean he he's got an opportunity here to possibly throw 40 intercept uh, touchdowns on the season 
and be somewhere around 14, 15 interceptions. Uh, those ratios are very, very good. But, you know, <laughs> there, there's, there's crucial times in games where your quarterback has to make plays. And in these bigger games against these bigger teams, for one reason or another, it just hasn't happened. And, He's got to be know, the fuel that drives the engine. Yeah, yeah. And listen, guys, you know, the games are not perfect. You know, the NFL's not perfect. We can have the five best offensive linemen out there week in and week out. You know, and we can have, you know, all our receivers and all our running backs healthy, but but that's not realistic. So, you know, you have to go with what you work with and what what you have to work with and you know, the penalties hurt, but you know what? I see teams overcome penalties on first and second down. Um, you know, when two is put in a position to where he's got to make plays, I think that in some of these bigger games, you know, he's left some plays on the table, as Jim mentioned. And I, I think that that was the difference in some of these games to an, expen- to an extent. Um you know, we talked about that last series against Kansas City, but guys, you know, there were three series in a row where the defense, you know, put Kansas City. I think they had one first down over three series, and we got the ball three times. And f- for one reason or another, we didn't score any points. We didn't move the football. We basically gave it right back to them. So, you know, we could talk about the last series, and a lot of it wasn't to his fault, but some of it was. You know, he, you know, he's the guy running the show. And, um, you know, with all that being said, you know, I give him an A minus as well. You know, his, the numbers are there. He's had phenomenal games. Um, but, you know, in order to be that that quarterback, he's got to start beating guys like Josh Allen and Mahomes. You know, he's got to outplay them in crunch time. He has the ability to do it, um, you know, as far as We've I'm concerned. It. We've, We've seen, seen it. it. We've seen it, you know, he, he's just got to, he's just got to stay away from key interceptions and key situations. And, um, other than that, I mean, you can almost say that he's been damn near perfect, you know, um, he's had a bad throw here or there, but overall he's been outstanding. It's what you want to see out of a quarterback. And, um, you know, I can't say enough about him up to this point. All right. Next guy is Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb has been a pleasant surprise as of uh, the last four or five weeks. He's he's really come to life, and he's doing what uh, we kind of all expected him to do when we brought him in. And I was a little bit suspect of it of that signing last year because you know I did watch some Denver games, and he he almost made a lot of plays the last couple of years in Denver, and. You know, I saw him, you know, not quite going 100%, I didn't think. And, you know, last year and the first part of this year, I kind of saw more of the same. But recently, I don't know what's kind of motivated him or whether he's finally getting a handle on Fangio's system or what. But it's been it's been fun to watch, whether it's Phillips on the other side or or it. it Andrew Van Ginkle doing something on the other side. Either way, he's been making plays, and uh, I got to give him. Uh, I'm going to go with an A for the season because not only has he pressured the quarterback and caused turnovers, he's been playing solid in the run game. So I'm going to give him a straight up A for Bradley Chubb. 
Yeah, uh, the only you know, I'm not I'm not going to repeat what you said, Jim, because I'm pretty much right on par with you in regard to that. I just wish that we would finish a little bit more. We're always around the quarterback and we're right there and we're just not putting him on the ground over and over and over again. I mean, through the first half of this season, it that's been a consistent thing that's been going on with our football team. There's yeah. a lot of pressure, but they're just not getting the quarterback down. So I give him a B plus. I, I think he's had an outstanding year. And I was really down and out on this guy because what we saw right. out of him, as you mentioned at the end of the year, was just not something that you give up a number one draft pick for. You know, it's simple as that. But, you know, he stepped up. He's been fantastic in the rotation going in and out. And, um, you know, we're going to need a lot more out of him All in right. the second half. Last four lot, games. You know, much of the same. Six sacks and three forced fumbles in the last four games. That's phenomenal. That's that you can't ask for any better than that. Uh, first five games. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, well, you can you can ask for seven. First five sacks, games, right? not a whole <laughs> yeah. lot. Um, Ten sacks, but yeah. we didn't get really a whole lot from the defense at all in the first five games. He's been the key to the defensive turnaround. He's been the best player on the defense this year so far. So he gets a he gets a B plus for being the best player on a on a pretty porous defense up until this point. But I'm excited to see where they're going for the rest of the year. All right. What we're going to do is we're going to take a step back for just a couple minutes and we'll be right back. The next guy is David Long. He stepped it up as well. I mean, I you know, I I don't want to keep repeating myself on here, but he got off to a slow start. And um, as of late. He's been extremely good. I mean, he has turned it up a notch. You see him all over the field. You know, we were all scratching our heads like, oh, my God. You know, he was getting bad grades, you know, the first couple of weeks. You know, one of the lower grades on the defensive side of the football. But as of late, you know, with the rest of the defense, he's been playing exceptionally well. And um, he was a gr- he's a great addition to our team. He's probably our best linebacker. And um, he's another guy that, again, in the second half, he's, he's got to just continue to play at the level he's been playing the last couple of weeks. I believe he's number one run-stopping in PFF. I think that's what I yep. saw last. So you got to be pretty happy with that. He, along with Chubb, is a big reason for this. The reason this defense is trending up after such a terrible beginning to the season. I'll give him a solid B for first nine games. I, I, like to see some more big plays out of him but so far he's doing his job yeah i'm with both of you guys you know he's especially the last few games the same with chubb I, and again i don't know if it's the defense the players are are figuring out what fangio is asking of them and and starting to gel or what but he's been solid but i can't go much higher than a b because uh linebackers are supposed to stuff the run and until we get one that can actually cover a linebacker a little bit i'm i'm reluctant to go much higher so but he's been a great addition to the team and uh you know our defense should be looking good if they continue on on the path they've been on the last couple of weeks all right matt why don't you go first with this one uh tyreek hill if you take out the Kansas City game, A+. plus. <laughs> but the Kansas City game happened. I know. The Kansas City game happened. You can't take away. You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much the same as Tua, right? I got to give him an A. He's putting up all-time numbers. He's got a chance. To, he's on pace to crush every receiving record that's ever existed. 
And but against the Eagles and against the Chiefs, he came up short like Tua did. Do I give Tua a little bit more slack because he's younger and Tyreek's been around a lot longer? Maybe I do. Maybe that's unfair. Do I expect a little bit more from Tyreek Hill? Maybe. Yeah, I guess I got to give him an A, though. How, how could you give him anything less than an A? He's he's the number one non-quarterback in the league. If if any non-quarterback is going to get MVP votes at the midseason, it's Tyreek Hill. So even with the Kansas City game. Can I see how you grade? You have a curve? Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, receivers are paid to catch the ball. He's been catching the ball, hasn't he? Well, yes, except for a couple of very key important yeah, situations. So that's why it's not an A plus. That's why it's not a hundred. He's uh-huh. got a ninety-five from me. All right. Well, I, I gotta agree with Matt. I'm gonna give the guy an A. He's been the single best signing, free agent signing that I can ever remember. He's been good for the franchise. He's setting records and for the you know, ninety-five percent of the time he's been phenomenal. Like you guys have both said, you know, that couple of couple of bad time drops have tarnished him a little bit. But how can you not uh, give him an A for what he's done for the for the team and for, you know, all of the stats and all of that jazz? So he's in it. He gets an A from me. Listen, (laughs) (laughs) you've got we're nine games into the season, so we're halfway there, right? The guy has 69 receptions, 1,076 yards and eight touchdowns. So he's basically on pace for 140 receptions. (laughs) Now, this guy has the number one target on his back, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, when we go to face other defenses, okay? And you know what? We can talk about Waddle. You know, to me, Waddle's an extremely good receiver. There's no question about it. But he's not Tyreek Hill. He's not even close to Tyreek Hill. And there's a number of receivers that. Uh, can you, you know, wait for a minute on Waddle? Because I got him next on the list. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just. What I'm saying is, guys, is that you look at our tight end position, they're not a threat, right? Yep. Okay. Well, Tyreek Hill. When you go up against the defense and the defense is going up against us and saying, all right, who do we got to eliminate from this offense? It's Tyreek Hill. Uh The fact that he's got the numbers that he has is exceptional. I mean, the guy has been targeted 100 times already this season. Does he have a few drops? Yeah. I would have gave him an A-plus other than the fact that he's dropped a couple of passes. I'm not even going there with the fumble guys last week because you know what? That was a tough break. The ball was thrown in the flat, and there was five guys there. Two, three guys were holding him up, and the other guy stripped him. Sometimes you have to give the other team some credit. They made a good play on him. They stripped him the balls. They were holding him up. Has he had a few drops? Yes. But other than that, he's been damn near perfect. I mean, you know, he's averaging 120 yards a game as far as receiving goes. And again, he has one fumble, which, of course, we saw last week. So he's just below an an absolute A-plus at this point. I mean, a few drops. Other than that, I mean, guys, he's been damn near perfect. I mean, you know, with all that being said, damn near perfect. So. He's just a notch but below drops. A plus. Yeah. Key drops. Yep, absolutely. Now, Eagle game. I wonder if Tyreek's mind is in a hundred different places. That's all. You know, you you see how much he does during the week and how much he's talking and, and getting in everything, you know. He's like a little jackrabbit. 
Yeah. I mean, that's just Mike, that's just his MO, you know? Yep. I mean, it's, you know, some guys, you know, that that's what, that's what drives them. I just know? hope his mind is in the right place. That's all. Yeah. I mean, going forward, yes, you got to hope that that's the case, but you know, I think it is. I mean, he's determined to get to this 2000 yards yep. and to break the record. And I think he's going to do everything possible to get there. Well, he said um, a couple of weeks ago, he was going to be better. And you know, I'm yes. Well, a little skeptical of that. I want to see it. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you're going to see teams try to crack down on them because uh-huh. as, as we've been slowed down in these big games, it's simply because, you know, they have slowed him down to an extent. So, I mean, I think every team, you know, goes out and plans around, you know, shutting him down. The question is, is, you know, how many different ways can we work him into getting open and into making plays. You know, the, the fumble was a screen, Mike. It was a wide receiver screen yep. in the flat. And, um, you know, we probably shouldn't have ran it because they were defending it. I mean, they literally exactly. had three guys exactly. there. The I, don't, I don't blame the them for ball. that. Yeah, he, got, he got mugged. He wasn't, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't a good play call and it wasn't a good decision, yep. yada, yada, yada. Yeah, on and on and on, exactly. Yep. So, you know. We'll we'll see what happens as we go forward, but the, the guy's incredible. He's the best receiver in the game right now. Waddle. Who's up? Waddle is next. And uh Jim? I think it's Jim. Uh yeah, I think it's me. I you know, I gotta go with a sol- <laughs> a solid a solid B plus. You know, he, he obviously he's the second fiddle to Tyreek Hill. Uh and he's He's made some great plays. He's made s- some spectacular catches in traffic a few times this year, which is is good to see. Uh, but you know, we were picking on Tyreek Hill because of his two bad time drops. But you know, Waddle has probably half the mm-hmm. half the throws and just as many drops. So you know, we're kind of throwing Tyreek under the bus for the two bad timed ones. That that hurt, no question. But, uh, you know, that's that's why it's, you know, that's why it's an issue. If it was, you know, if it was in the first quarter, it wouldn't be a big deal. Right. No, I completely get it. Uh, You know, but, you know, Waddle is is phenomenal. You know, that one that one pass where they they basically lost him in the coverage with the motion and he went out and there was nobody on him and and, uh, Tua threw him the strike and Tua walked off the field and Waddle walked into the end zone. You know, that was you know that's because of the of all of the speed on the field and and the the, the defense just missed him and but you know i got to go with a with a solid b for for waddle when i look at waddle right you look across the field and you got the best receiver in football he's getting yeah. an awful lot of attention okay yeah now if teams choose to defend against both of these guys they're leaving you know the rest the rest of the team man the man. Um, I think Tyreek Hill usually has three or four guys around him. So in my opinion, you know, Waddle's numbers should probably be a little bit better at this point. Um, you did say that, uh, you know, that touchdown at the end of the game was great, Jim. Um, it was just a great play call. You know, we mm-hmm. had the jumbo yeah. package in and, you know, basically we had him and Tyreek on the field as the only two receivers. The team thought we were going to run the football. He caught the touchdown pass. Now, past that touchdown, over the course of the eight games that he's played, he's got two other touchdowns up to this point. Mm-hmm. So when you have a guy on the opposite side of you in Tyreek Hill and, you know, at the level that, that two has been playing at this year, you know, I base this solely on 
the fact that, you know, we're expecting number one, you know, top 10, number one wide receiver here. You know, I'm a little disappointed in him. You know, the drops, as you mentioned, I'm not going to repeat that. You already said that um, are comparable to maybe even more so than than the amount that Hill has had. You know, I give him a B. You know, he hasn't been horrible, but, you know, I think he needs to be a hell of a lot better and he needs to be that number one draft pick. I mean, you know, if you get a guy that's a dominant receiver as you look around the league, like a guy like a Jamar Chase and an A.J. Brown and the guys that have been drafted in that, you know, that top 10 situation, um, you know, even Justin Jefferson and, you know, you throw guys like that in. If Waddle gets to that particular level, we're unstoppable. I mean, you know, who do you, who do you choose to, to cover in that situation? So I think Waddle has been outstanding, but he needs to be much better than what he's been. I think he's putting up moderate numbers at this point. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Waddle, I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go B minus on Waddle. And I need to see more production out of him. I think he's been banged up. He had a concussion earlier in the season. He's been dealing with some back spasms. Um, he's had to come out of games often. Seems like every game he's having something going on. Yep. But mainly, I look at, so we keep on looking at, yeah. yeah concussion it was earlier in the season. I, he missed yeah. He missed week three. Yeah, he, he missed, missed, he missed one game, three I believe. Against the Broncos. He yep. could have racked up some stats in that game. He wasn't even there for that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. But. What does that say that he was out of that game? Scored and, and 70. We, yeah. we rolled up yeah. 70 points, right? <laughs> says, says, says Denver's defense was home sleeping or something. Now, the main right. story of the season <laughs> is what's happened against the Bills, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. Against the Bills, he had four catches for 46 yards. Against the Eagles, he had six catches for 63 yards. And against the Chiefs, he had three catches for 42 yards. If those teams are shutting us down right. by throwing everything they have at Tyreek, we need more from him in those games. Right. Absolutely. That's yep. very same, much. You are a stats guy, aren't you, Matt? Uh-huh. So B minus, B minus for Waddle from me. All right, guys, we're going to break for a few moments and uh, we'll be right back. Last guy is Jalen Phillips. Wow. And I'm up on Jalen. You are. You are. Coming into the season, guys, you know, we we thought he was going to be the second coming of Jason Taylor, right? And and up to this point, he's been okay. He's been average. Um, he missed a lot of games due to injury. And since he's come back, he's been okay. He's got three and a half sacks. I mean, he, he's definitely a difference maker. But again, we need to see more out of him. He needs to finish on some of these pass rushes. We, we need to see more consistency out of him. Right now, he's on a pace to have seven sacks. Now, keep in mind, you know, he's played six games. He started four of those. Um, so he ha- he did miss a few games in the middle of the first half of this season. But even with him coming back the last couple of weeks, what we want to see, guys, is impact plays, right? And, you know, I talk about this every week on the podcast, the fact that the defense just hasn't created turnovers. Well, the defensive line is responsible for that as well. You know, you rush the quarterback into bad throws or you tip passes, or you hit their arm as they're thrown, whatever the case may be. There has not been nowhere near enough of that up to this point in the season. I mean, we have 
what, four interceptions? And one of them is, you know, from Ogba, you know, at, at, from our <laughs> a defensive yeah. lineman. So our secondary has three interceptions. You know, we're getting to the quarterback, but when you look at how many times we're around the quarterback over the course of the game, we should have even more than what we have. And, um, you know, I think Phillips is, is a big part of that. You know, he's got to get there and he's got to finish the job. Um, you know, right now I'd give him an average, I, I'd give him a C right now, you know, up to this point, you know, I think he's been average at best up to this point in the season. Yeah. I, I was going to go see as well. Uh, he's missed most of the first month of the, or first half of the season, but last three games, he's had a sack in each game. His Chubb's production's gone up. His production's gone up as well. I'm looking forward to see what he has, uh, in the second half of the season, I think the entire defense is trending up. I, I they're going to be a lot better in the second half, and I think Phillips and Chubb are going to be two of the main reasons for that. Mm-hmm. I'm with you guys. You know, I'm I want to give him like a B minus. The injury isn't his fault, and his production when he's played has been pretty solid. But again, like everybody said, we need to see more plays. You know, when you watch Cameron Wake for, you know, so many years affect games just about every week, every Sunday, you, so your my expectation is high. And, you know, I, I'd like to see him making more impact plays, I guess, out there on the field. Yes. Number one pick. Exactly. All right. Will Tua still be playing for the Dolphins in 2028? Man, I believe you're up. Yes. <laughs> the the two questions fall. Isn't that amazing, Mike? Yes. Yep. Yes, 100%. If he finishes the season without getting hurt, he's getting he's getting a 5-year contract with the way he's played regardless of like how the season ends. If if he doesn't miss a game, if he if he finishes 17 games this season and if they lose a game, like if they lose the first playoff game that they play in, because they're they're going to the playoffs this year. They're whether they win the division or whether they're a wild card team is going to be the question. But if Tua plays 17 games, he's getting a five year extension with the way he's played in this first nine weeks, and it makes complete sense. Why would you retool this offense? McDaniel and Tua are they've only been together two years, and they're putting out the number one offense in the league. It's only going to get better the longer they're together. So absolutely, yes, he'll he'll be here. Yes. You sure? Okay. Jim? Well, I'm not as uh, excited per se as Matt is, but I want to say, uh, well, it's not that I want to say, it's that I would predict he would be our quarterback then. The basic reason is what direction would we go at the end of this year? We don't have any draft picks per, to speak of. And we're going to finish well enough to not be able to draft a guy high in the in the next draft. So, and our options would be pretty small. So I I would think after this season, Tua will will get a nice uh, little package, and uh, he'll probably get a five year deal to remain a Dolphin. Yeah, he uh, he's not going anywhere. He's our quarterback. Whether whether you're a fan of his or you're not a fan of his. Um, you know, the numbers speak for themselves, uh, the, the system that he's in, you know, with McDaniel here, um, you know, I think that 
you're in a situation where, as Jim said, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, really? I mean, look at the numbers. We got the number one offense. They're in in a bad cap space next year. So you could make a case that, you know, they're going to be in trouble anyway. Maybe we've got other things we can do. Uh, But I'm not saying that's what I'm for. But, you know, you, you could make a case to do that strictly because of the cap situation and the fact that we don't have any real young talent on our roster right now, you know. Uh, the draft picks that they do have on the roster aren't seeing time like Cam Smith and Tyndale and, you know, just they're not playing. So, you know, you can make a case for it, but, yeah, you know, I, I don't think they will. I do think they'll probably stay the course. Now, yeah. why, why would you why would you go a different route? That, that's that's my that's my question to anybody. I mean, listen, money, you know, two is going to have to if if he wants to win a championship. He's going to have to do something similar to what Brady did. Now, I know Brady had, you know, a big contract um, early on. And uh-huh. two is going to get a nice chunk of change here. But, you know, how much is enough? You know, at some point, if you want to win a championship, you can't be overly selfish, right? Um, so they're going to have to negotiate a contract that's, that, that's, that's a good one for both parties to where, if he wants to win a championship, he's, he, he just can't be overly greedy. And uh, I hope that's, that's what takes place. But you can't start over again. You just can't do it. I mean, you know, you're in a position where you, I don't think you do it. You get out of a lot of veterans on this football team, Mike. Yeah. Um, you know, two years from now, this roster is going to be very different. And, you know, you don't want to put, it, put yourself in a position where you know, you're, you're grooming a new young quarterback or bringing in a veteran quarterback to try and run this team. I think, you know, your best option right now is to, uh, even yeah. though he has his limitations, you yeah. know, in my opinion. Well, every quarterback has limitations. Every quarterback does. I think yeah. that he's in the perfect position right now. I think that, you know, the Dolphins and their, you know, their brain trust, if you want to call it that, because up to this point, they have to get some guys on that offensive line that, you know, that are going to protect him and, you know, go forward with him if, in fact, they bring him back because he's not going to scramble. He's not a big guy. He needs the protection back there. And they're going to have to recognize that and, um, you know, and bring some players in. I mean, with A-Chan, we've got an extremely young running back that's going to be here for the next three years, you know, four years. And, um, you know, you've got, you know, Hunt at that guard position that you have to re-sign. They have to address that offensive line and continue to have guys in front of them or else you're defeating the purpose with him because he has to have guys in front of him and players around him in order for him to be successful. You know, it's simple as that. So they have to, if they do re-sign him, um, they have to understand that. Do you guys want Austin Jackson back next year? Oh, so Matt's Matt's becoming the moderator here, is he? Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, you guys, I was, you know, you're screwing up more. Sorry, (laughs) no, 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 it's fine. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Mike, you answer answer one. Come on. Yeah, come on. I'm going to ask the one I'll answer because it's the next one on my list. Kristen Wilkins will be our most costly free agent. Do you resign him at about 22 million a year? 22 million a year. I think I'm up, right? 
No. You must be out of breath from the last one. No. <laughs> Mike, just answer the question that Matt asked you, okay? And then you can, you know, give me some shit. The, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say it. Here we go with the selfishness. You want to win a championship. You've got a fantastic roster. He's got a young guy in Phillips to work with. You know, Chubb is, is playing at a very high level. You got a guy right next to him in Siler that just signed the contract, okay? So you've got a really solid, solid foundation there. So don't be over-selfish. You know, I mean, how much money is enough money? I understand that, you know, that this is maybe going to be his only big contract in the NFL, right? Yeah. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, if you if you come in and you're getting $18 million a year or, you know, somewhere in that avenue, I mean, that that's a hell of a lot of money, guys. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're going to be over-selfish, then, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, but at $22 million a year, Mike, you know, no, I, I don't think he's worth that kind of money. I think that, you know, if he comes in at the number that I talked about, to where we're able to keep some other guys on this roster, you're going to need it, especially with the way Greer <laughs> drafts. <laughs> you know, you have to consistently bring free agents in here in order to fill holes. So, you know, um, it, that's that's too big a number. I mean, do I want them to resign them? Absolutely, but it, you you threw that twenty two twenty two million a year number out. It's it's just too much, I think, for him. He hasn't proven to me that he's a great fit in this defense yet. His numbers have gone up just like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, he has yeah. gotten more sacks. He's getting a little bit more pressure up the middle. They're not as effective as uh, against the run as they were last year. He's not like standing out as strong of a run stopper as he was last year. It's a different yeah. scheme. So... Yeah. I mean, I guess we got to see how he finishes the last nine weeks of the season. If if, if, yeah. if if he continues to play the way he's been playing the last few games, like the rest of the defensive line is, then yeah, maybe he does command $22 million. I'm under the impression that we can do magic with the cat and just sign whoever we want because it seems like a, that's what every team's doing these days anyway. Uh, they just kick the can down the road, kick the can down the road and deal with it. And Well, we kicked it. What's that? <laughs> we kicked it. Well, you can we keep kicking it. it. We signed all look these at, free agents. Look at Buffalo no, and Kansas City. Can't they're they're paying their quarterbacks five hundred million dollars, and they're still paying Von Miller. They're still paying Chris Jones. They're so yeah. Oh, yeah. The, that, the, I say the it bills all the are time. missing a receiver. They got Stephon Diggs. They yeah. find they find ways. Other yeah, teams so find ways. There's to always do it. ways. You know, we we, but they also let guys walk. I mean, you know, Buffalo let a, a key defender walk this year. You know, they didn't Line resign back. him as a free agent. So it, it does happen. I mean, I think Wilkins, I mean, listen, he's got four and a half sacks. I mean, so he's on pace for around 10 sacks from that defensive tackle position. It's not like he's played horribly and they've been playing much better against the run of late. I just think that, you know, with him and him and Botua, they have to sign somewhat friend, a team-friendly contract in order for these guys, this team, to go forward. They're going to have to be unselfish to an extent. Go ahead, Jim. I think you, you haven't yeah, spoken on this yet. I mean, who doesn't want to re-sign Wilkins? Christian is uh, 
you know, he's a fun guy out there. He, yes. You know, the, the locker room loves him. And, and you know, he's he's like the leader of the defense. He's a vocal guy, and it, there's no downside to that. Now, the money is the issue. We just talked about how are we going to re-sign Tua. He's going to need a contract. We got Robert Hunt that's going to need a contract. Are we going to bring AVG back? We've got probably eight key players that are going to be due for some money next year. Right. You can't pay everybody. You're going to lose somebody. And, you know, it's, it's a huge problem. And every team in the NFL is up against it. And, you know, you talked about Buffalo. They're in win now mode. So you kick the can as far as you can until it's not working and you got to blow it up again. And we're about a year behind them. Because we're in win-now mode, and, you know, the owner, Ross, isn't getting any younger. He wants to win now. He doesn't want to blow this thing all up again. He wants to make it work. So they're going to try to keep as many as, as much of the core team together as they can. Whether they can swing 20 million range for Wilkins is a stretch to me. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's worth that kind of money. So, ah. Uh, I I got a feeling he's going to go out the out the door unless they work something out like they've been hints about during the season. Yeah, fa- factor in a couple other things, guys. Right? Is he a Fangio type player? Right? That we don't know. We don't know what Fangio's. I mean, obviously, don't you don't you guys think that in the end, you know, they're going to sit down and they're going to talk to Fangio and he's going to be a big a big decision maker in this as to whether he feels that. Um, he's his type of player in the type of scheme that they're going to play. And if he fits into that mode, obviously Siler is. They re-signed him, right? Uh, yeah. Fangio was here when they re-signed him, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, that that factors in. It's It's a situation where you just don't know what their thought process is on this guy. And the fact that it hasn't been done already or, and wasn't done at the beginning of the year tends you to, it leads you to believe that they're not 110% on, on him, right? I mean, because if they were, that this guy's got to be here, then it would have gotten done prior to this season started. It would have been locked up and finished, much like Siler's contract was. So, yeah, the, yeah, the price tag. I, I don't know what, yeah, go ahead. The price tag keeps going up every year, so the sooner you sign them, the the smaller that's going to be, you know. Right. But, so, but the team kind of assumes the injury risk under that scenario. You know right. what I mean? Yep. Oh, so, absolutely. Yep. You know, it's not always advantageous to sign them quickly. One option yes. would be the franchise tag at nineteen million next year. Yep. yep. Which is which is a very very strong possibility, Matt. When you look at the roster. Who else are you going to put it on at this point? Yeah, right? Robert Hunt. Possibility. Yeah, I, was I, I say. think Mike. I think Hunt has to be signed. Period. You know, he he's, well, he's the next one on my list, and I agree with you. Yeah, he okay. So he's the next one on the list. So we'll we'll run right into him. I mean, I think Hunt has to be signed to a contract. You know, a, a, a three four year contract because he's still relatively young. He's actually. If you look across that offensive line, he's probably well. Austin Jackson may be younger because he he came into the uh, yeah, into the NFL at a younger age. But right. you know who who really cares whether he comes back or not? I think Hunt is an absolute necessity. You know the fact that Armstead is a little bit old and Connor Williams has been in the league for a while now as well. 
you know, going forward, he's a guy that's going to be the anchor of your offensive line. So I think he has to be signed to a contract. So, you know, I think personally that Wilkins is a guy that winds up getting the franchise tag next year over, you know, over pretty much anybody else. I mean, I, I think he's the favorite to be in that situation if they don't sign him to a multi-year deal. But go ahead. Um, yes. Yeah, you, you got to. You can sign interior offensive linemen and not break the bank. Uh, yeah, but he's like the fourth-rated guard in the league, so he's right. not going to be cheap. He'll probably be no, one of the highest-paid guards, but you can do that and yeah. get that under the cap. Interior offensive line is not like paying like a left tackle or a defensive end or a cornerback. It's gotten close. Yeah. You're right. It's not the same as a left tackle, but it's gotten close. It's still a chunk of money. It's not... Eight to ten million, like it was. I mean, a few obviously, years ago. we yeah, we got to try to get him extended, re-signed, and he needs to be a priority this off season. Absolutely, yeah. you have to keep. You know, we we hit on so few of our draft picks, and you have to keep some of these guys. You have to do it. You can't make, you know, you can't make a guy like him walk away. I mean, we were fortunate enough to land a really solid player there. And you have to lock these guys in. You have to. You have to do it or else you're going to just be treading water like Well, I can tell you now that Greer's not going to want him to go because he's the only decent lineman (laughs) Greer has drafted. (laughs) I was going to say. In the last 20 years that he's been involved with I think Greer's going to be sliding him on the end of the table. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Do whatever it's necessary. (laughs) Yeah, Mike, you you stole, you know, I was up next and you stole my plug there. You know, I'm sorry. I was going to say Greer has missed on so many offensive linemen. Didn't we draft four O-linemen that year when we when we took Hunt? Well, and, is Jackson a miss? And I, I don't know what to label him. Yeah, well, Jackson's not necessarily a miss because he's played better this year. But, you know, I mean, there was Kindley and and so many others that just, uh, they washed out. And, and uh, we've got one solid offensive lineman that hasn't missed a lot of time, and that's Robert Hunt. So yeah. you can't really just let him walk because then you're going to be, you know, hunting the bushes for another 32-year-old uh, free agent, or, yeah, right. or you're going to roll the dice at drafting an offensive lineman, and Greer can't be too happy about trying to draft an old lineman. Uh, so you got to sign, you got to sign Hunt, and, you know, it's going to be less money than a defensive you know, lineman's going to cost you in in uh, Wilkins or what have you. So, and the other thing is, is we've got two pretty solid interior defensive linemen now. You can't say that about the offensive side of the ball. You know, you've got Connor Williams that, you know, we're always whimpering about his snaps, and uh, he is one of the better rated centers, but now he's missed time, and like you said, Lewis, he's been in the league pushing 10 years now as well. So I think they're going to find another center if you ask me. Yeah, that's kind of the the gist of what I gather, I would think as well. But yeah, uh, like others have said, I think you're going to end up probably trying to work something out with Wilkins. If not, you throw the tag on him and you, you try to sign Hunt. Who has been a tougher foe, the Bills or the Ravens? Matt, you're up. Bills, it's not even close. We've beaten the Ravens the last two games. We faced them. 
the Bills beat our brains in every single time we face them. <laughs> we beat them once we last year last in Miami, year and it was what twenty-one yeah. to nineteen. Like, and it came down to the last play, and it took a boneheaded play from Josh Allen at the end of the first half <laughs> to, to run out the clock when they could have had points. Uh, yeah, but wasn't that was fun, fun to, to watch? watch? It was a great game. It was fun <laughs> to watch. But yes. on, what what is Josh Allen's record against yes, us? Like. Was. Uh, 50 million to, to one. Yeah, but the quarterback doesn't matter, man. <laughs> I tell you, yeah. what are, if you add up Josh <laughs> Allen and Sean McDermott since they've been there, and I think they outscore us about by about 60 points per game. I mean, the the Bills Something just like freaking own us. They own us. Yeah, they've. And it's sad. I hate it, but. Well, hopefully we've got the coach and quarterback to turn it, that around. To me, it's not even close. It's definitely the Bills. I'll agree. Yeah, I think it's definitely the Bills. Well, they're in our division, and um, you know they're they're the team that when you when you look at our division, the team that we've got a leapfrog, right? Yep. Um, you know the Jets are an extremely good team. There's no question about that. I mean, their defense has kept them together, but you know they're a 500 ball club right now with the way you know their quarterback's been playing, and the loss of Rodgers hurt them incredibly. So. The Bills are the team in our division, and it, they're the team that we have to beat when they come to Miami later on in the year. The Raven game, what is that, the last game of mm-hmm. our season when we go up to Bills Baltimore? Are last. Bills is. Oh, the Bills are last. How about that? So we go up to Baltimore, I believe, the second to the last week of the season, and then come back and play Buffalo. Um, you know, both games are extremely important for our positioning. You know, come playoff time, and um, I'll tell you what, guys. I mean, that's that's a hell of a way to end the season with those two. Those are two playoff games right there, and yep. um, you know, it it'll be nice to see where we're at at that point. <laughs> no, it won't. And why is that, Mike? Why you huh? well, exactly you for what you just said? You don't. You, well, I mean, you know, so far to this point, we have not shown we can beat those teams. Not, not beat them, but we've been extremely competitive. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into some of these losses. I mean, we had a lot of key injuries in the Philadelphia game. I mean, I'd love to see their asses again, to be honest with you. And the same thing goes for Kansas City. Um, you know, that was I a very, think we could beat Kansas City. That was a very winnable football game. Yep. And Buffalo, from what I have seen of them since our game, has, they, they have not been very good. They've lost some key mm-hmm. guys on defense. Milano, yeah, Milano. they are Milano. wounded right yeah. now, and those guys aren't coming back. They're wounded, right? The guys that are that that have replaced them are playing nowhere near the level that the guys they had were. And you know, when you look at it as a whole, the Bills' defense was kind of you know, slipping a little bit to begin with. And now with those losses, I mean, they're very beatable. They're a beatable football team. So, you know, I, I think I think we're in a good position. Great. Uh, but Buffalo is 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 by far, you know, the team that um, you know, that 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 we have to beat. We're gonna win the division. You know, we're gonna make, possibly get a bye week. Um, you know, we'll be in great shape in that situation if, in fact, that happens. So we'll see. You know, it's going to be really, really nice at the end of the year to have those two games. Who's been the MVP through nine games? Tua. Tua. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's the Here MVP. How is he not? He's the MVP. Tyreek Hill. You think it's Tyreek Hill? No, oh. not really, but I just want to be. <laughs> it's Tua. I mean, it's Tua. This offense is humming, and it goes on. 
You could make a case. You could make you a could, case for either. But the offense is going to go as far as Tua takes them. And so far, they're the, they're the number one offense in the league. He's had a, a few games where we wish he was a little bit better. There's still time for that improvement to happen. Um, we could say the same thing. Yeah, about exactly. Him, right. The, the, <laughs> as the team, the team will go as Tua goes. If Tua gets hurt, see, the season's over. I mean, you think Mike White is going to run the offense to this level that Tua has been? Well, I'll tell you what, if Hill goes down, the season's yeah, over, too. not as much. Not as much. I, I think we could win games without mm. Tyreek Hill. I'm not so certain we can win games. You can win games if McDaniel leans right. on the run more. I mean, I don't want to see Mike White back there, do you? I want to see McDaniel run more. I I want to I don't I don't want to see Mike White back there a quarterback. I mean, listen, there's a lot of talent around him, especially when A-Chant comes back. Um, you know, Matt, I I don't necessarily agree with the fact that we can't win games without him because I think the defense is going to play yes, extremely well you're right, in the you're second right. half. And with A-Chan coming back and him and Mostert in the backfield and if, you know, as long as Hill and, and Waddle are on the field, I mean, you know, a quarterback can manage this football team to the level that two is playing at no he can't he can't listen two has mastered this offense guys i mean you know his his biggest improvement has been the fact that he knows the playbook and he's running this offense to perfection now has he made a bad throw and a bad decision here and there yes he has but he's running the offense to perfection now can mike white come in and duplicate that <laughs> no, he cannot. But Not to, that to Mike's point, you know, to Mike's point, you would see a little bit more balanced of an offense, which which could be a good thing, depending on how healthy the offensive line is. So there, there's there's a million different avenues you can go you can go down in regard to you know what, what's a situation. But you know the level that's two, that two is playing at, and I'll just go right into my MVP thought. You know, I think it's two at two. I'm sorry I jumped you there, Jim, but um, you know, I, I I think he's you know he's one A, and I think McDaniel, you know, the head coach there, and with the way he's thrown so many wrinkles into the offense, he's he's one B. Um, you know, you could say he's just as important because. The offensive schemes and the fact that, you know, he was smart enough to put Mostert and A-Chan, A-Chan on the field at the same exact time was, was a great wrinkle, um, a very successful wrinkle. And um, they're throwing the long ball a lot more. I mean, I think Tyreek had four, you know, four straight weeks where he had long touchdown catches on fly patterns. So there's a lot going on there, but, you know, two, two is the MVP. Go ahead, Jimbo. I've said this in other threads. You have. Not necessarily that two is an MVP, but every snap goes through the quarterback. Right. The offense can't work without, you know, that quarterback dealing however he's going to deal. And he's been running this thing really as good as you could hope for, you know, other than the few miscues, but, you know, Marino had miscues as well. So let's, you know. How dare you? Whoa, 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 I know, I know, I know. So Slow down, Jim. Slow down. But here's the thing. All of our cards are on the table. And, you know, we're playing Tua. We're paying, playing Tyreek Hill. And, you know, we've got Mostert and A-Chain and, and some Waddle action there. That's our five cards. And if 
And if we lose a couple of them cards, we're toast, guys. This, this, you know, that's when we're going to find out what McDaniel is made out of. If uh, you know what, uh, right? Either one of our studs goes down, we're in a world of hurt. But you gotta, you gotta give two of the MVP right now. But Tyreek Hill is is right there because I think without Tyreek, Tua is not nearly as effective. Yes, they go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you can. You know, it goes back to the old, well, if you take Tyreek Hill out of this offense, what happens? Is that more vital? Or is the fa- or if Tua comes out of this offense, is that more vital? You know, so, I mean, you, you can make arguments both ways. You take Tyreek Hill off the field, you know, how, how much is our offense going to struggle? You know, with the fact that Waddle hasn't really, you know, become that that big, big playmaker type guy on offense, you know, you eliminate, you know, our biggest offensive threat. And then again, if you take Tua off the field and Mike White becomes your quarterback, how, how much does that affect Tyreek Hill catching the football? So, you know, there's an argument to be made there and, and it's, and it, it would be a good one either way, because honestly, I don't know what I would decide upon in that situation. You know, if I had a choice between losing one or the other, which route I would go. I, I, as well, I'm who thinking, am I getting in return is the question. Well, no, yeah. you're, you, well, you're getting Mike White, a quarterback, Mike, and you're getting a combination of Cedric Wilson and Barrios and, and Craycraft and all those guys and replace a hill. So Well, that's a that's a mighty big drop right there. There's a mighty big drop at, in both, you know, both avenues. I mean, Mike White, you know, yeah, he has some starts behind him, but you know, you can make an argument either way. And and as I'm sitting here and and this came up in conversation and we're talking about it, you know, I I honestly would have to give it a lot more thought to figure out. I don't want to lose either one of them. I mean, but well, obviously, it's it, it's an interesting situation. You know, it'd be an interesting um, conversation to say the least. But I, you know, I don't know which one I would you know value more at this point. I just don't know. I got to tell you that if you take Tyreek Hill off the field, right, our offense is going to be a lot. More, it's like adding a player to the defense. It well, exactly. It's it's going to make you you know one step closer to the Chicago Bears or whatever because you know okay Tyreek's not on the field so now that safety doesn't have to play deep and we can put him in the box and now Mostert doesn't right. get five yards of carry and you're now you're down to three yards of carry and you you're you're throwing on third and long and all the defensive you know the defense has its ears pinned back and now Mike White's on his back so. um yeah, no, you know, I, I, I get I'm right with him. Yeah, so Tyreek is, I mean, he's just one player on the team, but boy, uh, you know, we talked about it earlier in the show. Uh, you know, as a defensive coordinator for another team, there's one player on offense that you have to limit, and that's Tyreek Hill. Right, he's the guy that scares you. So other than that, you know, uh, you know, Waddle, you know, you can man him. You know, you might have a, you know, you could double Waddle if you wanted, but then who else is going to scare anybody? So, uh, you know, it's it's a whole different deal when Tyreek's off the field. Yeah, agree. I'm going to give. You know, as I said. All right, um, I, like I give to a. The, the MVP for the first nine weeks of the season, but I'll say no one on this team is more responsible for this franchise turning the corner and becoming a competitive team more than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill brought swagger to this team. Tyreek Hill brought legitimacy to this team. 
Tyreek Hill brought and he brought confidence yeah, he, to yep. Tua. Yeah, and he absolutely. brought identity to this team. So I mean, I'm I'm not trying to diminish what Tyreek Hill brings to this team. He is he is the nope. main reason this team has turned the corner and become a competitive team in the NFL. So I mean, I thank God he's here. It was the best trade Miami's yeah. made in years. Absolutely, <laughs> he's a he's a game changer. He's vital to this football team. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about See, this it. This is why I forget who's up next because you guys go back around six times. Yeah, well, Mike, it's 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 a round table, not a square table. <laughs> That's true. It's round. Okay, go ahead. Defensive player of the year. Wait, what? Defensive player of the year. Okay, was it for us? Yes. Defensive player of the year. Ah, oh, boy. You know. I would have to go with Bradley Chubb right now. We were talking about him earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's been very solid the last few games. Um, you know, our cornerbacks have been injured and wounded, so they haven't been playing great. Uh, Phillips has been out. Um, Siler's quietly doing a, a, his typical job, but I, I got to give the defensive MVP to uh, Bradley Chubb. So Chubb... Chubb absolutely is up there. You'd probably have to say, you know, he's the guy. I mean, David Long leads the team in tackles. Um, He doesn't have a lot of impact plays. Um, You know, Chubb has six sacks. He leads the team in sacks. He's got quite a few tackles himself. So, you know, by default, and not that Chubb's playing at at, at a – He's caused a a couple of fumbles, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, four fumbles. you know, he, he's got to be the MVP up to this point. I'd say that Van Ginkle, with the amount of playing time that he's had as compared to Chubb, you know, he hasn't been on the field nearly as much. Uh, Van Ginkle's got four sacks um, and probably has been on the field half the time that Chubb has. So um, I think Van Ginkle is, is right there. But, yeah, you'd have to go with Chubb. I'm so glad you asked this question. It's Jalen Ramsey. It's Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Yeah, it is yeah, Jalen you know. Ramsey. It is. Think about it. I was going to say that after was last trash, week. Yeah. Trash for six, seven weeks. And he comes back, and the secondary is back, and this defense is exactly what we expected against Kansas City. They held Travis Kelsey to one catch. Yep. But he, he wasn't was helping. He was back there. It's Jalen. He was covering the outside Elliot, receivers. Elliot is the guy responsible for uh, Kelsey. For well, him part. and the linebackers. Right. They but had how, three guys. They were double. Co- they were double. Co- they were bracketing him. Yeah. Well, how they were, great they were was it yep. having a healthy secondary the, for the first time all year? And they looked like the. But he's not our MVP, Matt. Come on, man. <laughs> you know, come on. Not not back. You not had today. an interception. How many interceptions have we had? <laughs> right, but he's not the end, Jim. I mean, I had one. He's not our MVP. Yeah, and yeah, and, a, exactly. and a per um, snap, yeah. and a per snap, uh, effectiveness. I'm giving it to Jalen Ramsey. Okay, that's fair, but I wouldn't do that yet. I think you got to see yet. more. Maybe at the yeah. end of the year, right? right. Yeah, you got to see more. Point. I mean, his his impact in that game was, you know, his impact going forward is going to be absolutely vital to the team. Yep. Got a whole Howard stays healthy now, right? Right. For two exactly. weeks, they haven't been thrown to well, his side. Hey, you know what? <laughs> you know what? If if Howard's not on an island out there by himself, his hamstrings will probably feel better. Yeah, hey guys. His Howard groins. Howard was no slouch yeah, last he week. Good. Either. He played real no, good. No, he wasn't. You know, they're listen. There's 
Their defense, if you look at them man-to-man now with Ramsey back, you know, and they're completely healthy with Elliott and Holland in the secondary. That's Wednesday's show, Lou. I mean, my goodness, guys. I mean, it's it's a fit, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> with that secondary and, and that defensive front, I mean, there's no reason why this team shouldn't excel. I mean, they're going to have a lot of freedom now with the two corners, you know, healthy. Uh, going forward, and I, I can't wait till they get back on the football field against those lousy stinking. They played Raiders. one game with a healthy secondary, and that one game they held. That's they held correct. Patrick Mahomes to fourteen points. That's right, damn right, and we still oh, lost. Matt. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's anyway. T- offensive. Go ahead, Mike. Player of the year is who, Lewis? Offensive player of the year. 30 seconds, please. Hill. I'm giving it to Hill over Tua right now. I gave Hill, I gave Tua the MVP on the offense, right? You're talking about, what was the question, Mike? Offensive player of the year, Hill. Yeah, that's Hill. A, that's I'm, all you I'm, needed. I'm giving it to Hill. Yep. Go ahead. Next. <laughs> yeah, Matt, it, it's Hill. Tua. No, it's Hill. It's Hill. It's Hill. They made that, that award for non quarterbacks, so it's Hill. It would have been yes, nice to say exactly, A-Chan if, right. he, if he stayed healthy. A-Chan was giving him a run for it, but it's Hill. Yeah, well, yeah. That, you know, right. you got to stay healthy. Yeah. Tyreek. Tyreek. <laughs> Not according to Matt, Mike, because Ramsey's been with us for two for Ramsey did it us. The defense <laughs> has only been good for two weeks. <laughs> he's just getting excited. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Jim. Who you got? Tyreek. Okay. Mike. You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Your name's Mike. I take Tyreek as well. All right. Got it. Go ahead. What do you got got next? I got a question for you. Okay. Or actually for Matt. Who are you keeping, Austin Jackson or Connor Williams? Oh, my God. (laughs) Matt, why is it taking you so long to answer that question? Well, Connor Williams is an effective (laughs) blocker, but his snapping is getting old. He's been injured this year. Austin Jackson's been pitiful for three years, and he's been mediocre this season. And he's been injured as well. <laughs> so, uh, not so do this I want year, a mediocre right tackle or a pretty good center <laughs> who's on the older side who gets injured? I guess give me the mediocre right tackle on a discount who maybe is trending up. Oh, on a discount is kind of. Well, can we get him for like a two-year here. deal? Can we get him for like a two or three-year deal? Only if nobody else well, is willing to give anybody else. One. We're getting in the hypothetical, I don't think anybody else guys. Is want They're both free agents, Lewis. It's yes. not a hypothetical. No, <laughs> but, than, you, know, you know, with the this, the that, with the salary and whatnot, it's just a matter of, um, you know, where you throw throwing the money. So which one is it, Matt? The Austin Jackson? Yeah, I guess Austin Jackson. And I, okay. maybe we target a center Got in the it. draft. So if it was up to me, I would keep Connor Williams, but I think the Dolphins may keep Jackson instead of Williams. Okay. Yeah. So, guys, uh, you know, I mean, I I think Connor's a solid player. You know, the the snap thing is a is a bit of a hassle, but you know, he's been one of the top-rated centers for a couple of years. And yeah. Austin Austin Jackson, ah, yeah, ah, I mean, he's found a bit of a home at right tackle, but only because we don't have anything else to put there. So, I you know, uh, you know, I would take Williams. Well, you know what my answer is, Mike. I mean, I'm I'm keeping Connor Williams. I mean, it's it's very simple, guys. 
Connor Williams top five. I think he was the third best center up to up to the point where as to where he got hurt this year. And Austin Jackson's grade is at the very bottom of tackles in the NFL. I mean, he's in the bottom tier, guys. I mean, it's he's he's down there. He's the lowest. Not as bad as you think. Well, he was a couple of weeks ago. The last time um, we talked numbers, Mike. Um, he's week in and week out our lowest graded offensive lineman across the five guys that play, and even some of the backups. When me and Mike go over the grades every week, Austin Jackson is 90% of the time, if not the lowest, then the second lowest graded offensive lineman. I think he's 40th of 60 tackles, if I'm not If I had to pick a guy to get hurt this year, I'd pick Austin Jackson 100 times over Connor Williams this year. But like going into next year. 40, but as a number one draft pick and you're 40th, of 62 tackles in the league, guys. I mean, that's that's the bottom third, right? And you've got a well, a top... you've got 32 starters, right? Um, on uh, you left got six... tackle, and you got 32 starters on you got right 64, tackle. right? Right. And he's 40th. You say right? right? Yeah, right. But there's four, you know, starters, obviously backups right? too. Yeah, there's the, the 32 times two is 64. Yeah, and he's, but like a guy like 40th. Lamb filling in for uh, you know our left tackle. You know, he played a lot of snaps. So, yep. you know, that's all I'm saying. They're, they're, it's not really as bad as it sounds. Well, 40 to me from a number one draft pick, Mike, is bad. It, it's, it, there's no shit. Well, now you're throwing caveats in there. Okay, I get it. You don't want your number one draft pick being the 40th best. You want him being in the top 20. Or even, you know, even somewhere in the middle of the pack. The point is, is that Connor Williams is much more valuable to this football team than than. Then Austin Jackson side. at this point, yeah. I mean, you know, as Matt said, Connor Williams' loss as compared to an Austin Jackson loss. And I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I personally, if Lamb could play that right tackle position and Armstead stays healthy, I, I think we'd be a better football team with Lamb at that right tackle position over Austin Jackson. I would love to see it. And I'm not so certain it might not happen at some point if Austin Jackson continues to play at the level that he's playing at. Now, has he been bad this year, Mike? Uh, not nearly as bad as he has been in years past. But, you know, I still think that, you know, he's one of the, you know, he, he's he's just not a good football player. It's that simple. I mean, at this point in his career, he needs to be better than what he is. And he's just not. He's gotten better, but not to the level we need him to All be. All right, at. Lewis. Isaiah Wynn versus Kendall Lamb. What is this? A boxing match? <laughs> what are we doing here? Whose turn is it? Well, there's two free, two free agents at the end of the year. Oh, you know? those two are both free agents. Yep. Okay, so who do you resign? Is what yep. you're saying. Both of them. They yeah. guard the tackle. Both of them. My, I'm up, and I say I like both, both of them. them yep, too. you bring them both back. Yeah, that's well, my answer. Well, if we're gonna do that, we, we just should sign them all. Well, Mike, I mean, I don't think they're going to come at extremely big numbers, and I think that they're both valuable. They're both capable starters. As a matter of fact, one was a starter, and the other one's been a starter half of this season, so why not? I mean, you know, you have to value offensive line, and we can't depend on Greer to bring any decent offensive <laughs> linemen in here. Well, so that's the route you, you have know, to go. You at this point, who might be the most likely offensive lineman we lose next year is Taron Armstead. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that might not be as big a loss as we feel like it might be. 
No, he said that. Didn't you say it it may be the most likely one or the one that could possibly happen over any of them? That's what I said, said, yeah. He he might be. That's that's what what I I thought you were saying. Okay. And what I'm saying is it it wouldn't shock me if that happened, but. Yep. None of us. It wouldn't. I mean, you know, when you look at the job that Lamb did, you know, in replace Armstead, I mean, you got it. You got to think about that, right? You absolutely have to. And with the, you know, the. Well, it's interesting because you got to go through through a lot of film before you make that decision. But sure. uh, sure. I, th- I think, you know, if if it's feasible, you do it because he's a lot cheaper, but you're still going to have to pay him more. Yes. Because he's a free agent. So, you know, I, and that, then where does that land, you know? Right. I'm not sure what a backup tackle who's going to start is worth. I think that offensive line, Mike, and, and you know, this, it's an absolute necessity. And, you know, you can't, as I said, you cannot depend on the draft, you know, at this point. So these guys, to me, become even more valuable to your team, Um, you know, simply because, you know, what do you have behind them? I mean, you can't replace all these guys. I mean, you know, when was the starter at that left guard position? Um, What do you have behind them? You know, in Eichenberg, you know, Robert Jones, who's probably out for the year now, right? I don't know what the, what the degree of the injury was. Well, he, he hyperextended the knee, I think. And, right. Uh, you know, that, it's week to week. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it just depends on, you know, your thought process on it. But, you know, my thought is, is that these guys are extremely valuable. And as I said before, it's, you know, two has got to have guys in front of them blocking for him. There's no doubt about it. You can't, you can't afford to lose any of those guys, I mean, I think they're more valuable than just about anybody else on the football team, um, you know, as far as, you know, how successful right. we're going to be. No, that's good, Lewis. I think we're going to stop right here. Okay. Yeah, I come back on Tuesday. The Dolphins come back. We have to do a preview show on Wednesday, yes. So, yeah. All right, thanks for joining me, guys, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week to preview the Raiders. And until then, fins up, everybody. All right, fins up. Go fins. Fins up, Dolphin. All right, fin fans, that's today's show. I want to thank the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Sports Social Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. They've got articles and uh, podcasts, which I think you'll enjoy. All right, until next week, be well and take care. Network.